Well, on this episode of Rethink Real Estate, we're going through the 24-hour meeting. Now, some people call it a few different things. It's a set-to-sell meeting or whatever it may be, but fundamentally, it's like the onboarding process for your sellers. Uh, to set the tone, and I do it in the in the episode itself as well, um, but just to give you context is that when the seller calls you and you've won the listing presentation, hey, Ben, you've got it. Greatest call ever. Um, then within 24 hours, we're going back, we're signing paperwork, we're doing a calendar of sale, but then also we're setting the tone and the expectations for the client throughout the entire time. That is what I'm talking about. The last portion of that 24-hour meeting, okay, is some fundamental questions and some some statements that are being made at the very beginning of that relationship, which I believe are the most important part so that there are no missed expectations. If there are missed expectations in your listing, that is when there's friction and when there's friction, deals don't come together. Hopefully, this is very practical for you. I believe it's one of the critical elements to a smooth transaction, both from a seller's expectation, but also from an overall transaction perspective when you are upfront with things that can turn up, good, bad, or indifferent. Hope this is really helpful. Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast aimed to deliver sales strategies, marketing tips, and business insights from industry experts and myself to build a listing-focused business for the future. Let's get into it. Well, today we're going to be running through the 24-hour meeting. It's a it's an interesting concept. Some people call it a set-to-sell meeting. There's all these different types of individual names for it. But really what it is all about is about setting expectations from the move forward port point from an onboarding perspective for your sellers. You know, it's a really, uh, really cool topic to go through because uh, people often think that, you know, a lot of the work and the skill set comes down to during the listing. Um, I actually don't think that at all. I think it ultimately comes down to the way that you set everything up and you manage the expectations from the very beginning of that listing. And I call it a 24-hour meeting. Um, that 24-hour meeting is essentially that you're back in front of somebody 24 hours after they've said yes. Now, there's a whole lot of philosophy that I can go through, but I'm just going to keep it pretty short today so that this can be one of those practical episodes that ultimately we can get down to the meat and potatoes of things so that you can use it in your business. But realistically, I've never ever felt comfortable pressuring somebody in order to sign a document in front of me. I really do believe that a listing presentation, that if you're at the dining room table or you're in the property itself, is that I don't believe that ever getting that document signed is a healthy outcome. One, because it's just that you're there for just so long in order to do that. Imagine doing a full listing presentation where you're going through absolutely everything and then you're getting signatures at the end. A lot of people are probably listening to this saying, oh yeah, no, you absolutely need to get it signed in the meeting. Realistically, you need to be that good. That good that you are comfortable with your presentation to the point that they can sleep on it and you're still the best outcome for them tomorrow as well. There's a whole session that we will do on closing and my overall philosophy of that, that'll be another podcast episode. But realistically, this is a 24-hour meeting. They call you, hey, Ben, thanks so much for the presentation. We've decided to go with you. One of the greatest calls that you'll ever get in real estate is that you've won the listing. The next step is that within 24 hours going over and actually setting the expectations. Now in that 24 hour meeting, just to set the pretense to it, and then we'll go through a little bit of an agenda and we'll talk about different things that are going to be said in there and and some of the things that ultimately should be said along the way up front. But 
realistically, this is where you're going to get the paperwork signed. You're going to go through, you're going to set the paperwork up. You're going to actually then go through and do it all appropriately. Now, DocuSign's obviously a bit of a different thing. You can send that through prior to doing so, but you should be back in front of them 24 hours after they've said yes in order to set the expectations of moving forward. So today I'm going to break into role play. I'm going to take you through this and give you an understanding of this meeting. And hopefully it makes a little bit more sense after we start going through it. But basically the pretense is to set up the good, the bad, and the indifferent, anything that can come your way. Something that I really do believe in is that the only time that you ever get friction in a listing, okay, or in that relationship with your client is when things become a surprise. When when ultimately, obviously, over-promising and all those different things can come into play, but that is only the element of you trying to get the business. It's obviously how you manage that relationship moving forward and making sure that nothing is a surprise to them. At this point, the educational experience starts and there might be things that you bring up that never, ever, ever happen in the 24-hour meeting, okay? And you're going through things that are very unlikely to happen, but what it does is that it really sets up that if they do happen, that they are not a surprise and you can refer back to them later. So I want to set the tone. Um, We'll make the agenda available to you in the show notes as well. Um, But also, guys, I want to set the tone is that, again, you've gotten a phone call, ring, ring, ring. Hi, this is Ben Brady speaking. Hi, Ben, it's John. Um, Mary and I have had a discussion. We're really excited to say that uh, we're going to be moving forward with you with the sale of 123 Smith Street. Uh, John, that's great news. I'm absolutely elated. Um, I'd love to spend some time with you, obviously, and go through a meeting with you tomorrow where we come over, we get the paperwork signed, we get all the details that we need to, we go through the calendar of sale and we do everything that we ultimately need to in order to set everything up to move forward. Again, thanks so much. Great opportunity. I'm really looking forward to getting underway. When tomorrow can we get all this going? Guys, I want to just make sure that you understand when setting up that meeting or getting that phone call or or, or following up is that going and uh, going and sitting down with them to do the paperwork and then the calendar of sale and then also the 24-hour meeting, this here is obviously setting the foundational element of your business. 24-hour meeting is not only just for the points that I'm going to take you through today. This is more so the specifics. We'll go through a campaign calendar and everything at a later date. But realistically, these are the important things that are then mentioned. So I go over. I set a time, you know, it's it's probably going to be an hour long meeting because there's certain things that we need to go through. Obviously, the listing paperwork is important. Obviously, you might just need to get details to DocuSign it later. But then also the calendar of sale is really important also, a completely separate episode. But the primary part that I want to take them through, uh, take you through today is this next part, okay, which is the agenda. So I'm going to set it up and break into role play and how it looks. So John and Mary, again, I, thank you for the opportunity to, to list your property. But I want to make sure that I go through some different circumstances that can pop up along the way. This is the perfect time to ensure that I set your expectations for what is to come. And when I say set your expectations, it would be, I think, irresponsible of me as a realtor uh, to actually only set up the good. I need to take you through the good, the bad, and also the indifferent to make sure that we're prepared for anything that comes our way along the way. I think preparation is a really important part in making sure that you know that regardless of what happens, there's a plan to move this forward and achieve the outcome that you're that you're looking for. Is it okay if I move forward and just sort of take you through a few things that can happen? Oh, absolutely, Ben. Okay, great. So the first thing that I want to bring up with you is, um, do I have your permission to tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear? Guys, I want to just break out of role play here is that you're asking permission 
in order to tell them what they need to know, not what you want to hear. But the delivery of this is really important. I think that sometimes I can certainly be guilty of this as being too long-winded and justifying it before it sinks in, okay? Um, certainly, you've probably seen that on several podcast episodes. I ask a question, then it's followed up with a statement, and then it's followed up with this, and then maybe a second question, and then I ask them to answer it. It's just it's a little bit silly. I get carried away sometimes. Um, but this is important, is that when you're making the point, is that just you've got to really be precise with it. So again, breaking back into role play is that, John and Mary, um, the first point in all of this is that I just want to make sure that I have your permission to tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they might ask, well, Ben, what do you mean by that? It's like, well, John, Mary, I'm asking to not have to lie to you. Well, of course we want you to tell us the truth. Great. The reality of why I'm asking you this is because I want to make sure that our relationship is set on making sure that it's a truthful one, that I'm giving you the pure feedback from the marketplace. I get a lot of people sometimes that aren't willing to listen to what the market feedback is if it's bad. A lot of people then come back to me later and say, Ben, don't show me people that are under this or don't show me people that are saying this. I just want to make sure that I have the permission to tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear. And then also, I wanted to make sure we had a healthy relationship that when there's a decision that needs to be made, I have the right to obviously voice an opinion at that point based on my experience in real estate as well. Is that okay with you? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want you to tell us the truth. Excellent. Great. Now, guys, I want to break away from this for a second. You'll notice that these points, um, uh, that one there is, is uh, do I have your permission to tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear? I think it's really important to have that permission. Now, why is this serving a purpose 24 hours after they've said yes to you and you're not even live on the marketplace yet? You're not even getting feedback. It's a reference point for later. When you're sitting down in front of the sellers in a weekly meeting or you're or you're or you're giving some some you know unfavorable feedback or they actually turn around to you and say, Ben, I don't want to hear this stuff, or whatever it might be, if it is not great news, you need to remind them, hey, in the beginning of this process, you gave me the permission to tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear. I thought that was the way that we were going to move forward in our relationship. And guys, I need to be clear is that this is what you need to hear. It's certainly not what I want to deliver to you. I didn't wake up this morning saying oh, I want to deliver this to you. But ultimately, it's definitely what you need to hear if you're going to make an informed and educated decision. So it makes that conversation so much easier later. It's not you having to recircle around things or or the first time they've heard it or the first time they've expected it. Um, it's, again, you've reiterated it at the beginning. So that's the first point. Second point, breaking back into role play. Um, so John and Mary, the next point in this that I want to make sure that we set forth is that trust. I know that trust is something that needs to be earned and it can't be given, but hopefully there's a little bit of trust in our relationship already because you've chosen me as your realtor. Um, but I want you to trust that everything that I'm doing is in the best interest of you and getting you the absolute best outcome. Can you give me that trust from the very beginning? Now, this is an important one. Some people might say, well, yeah, that's why we chose you. Some people are like, well, what do you mean? This is a really important one when it comes down to the justification of it or, or why it is, is that is that I think that most real estate people, guys, they ask too many opinions of their seller. I understand that there's such thing as there's a client's always right and you've got to respect their opinion. It's their home and blah, 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 blah. But there's an element of that that's way too deep and way too far. You are the real estate professional and the moment that you allow them to walk all over you in decisions that are made about photos, you know, the description of the property, when the open houses are, the times they are, how to negotiate a deal, the way to counter back with an offer or things like that, even though you shouldn't counter back with a deal, but that's a whole nother conversation, um, is that 
is that the moment that they are not taking your opinion on board or the moment that they are dictating to you the way that it wants to go is the moment that ultimately you have zero control over whether or not that listing is going to sell. It all leads down to their expectations at that point. And if you've allowed them to walk all over you on little things, then it's important for you to realize that it it doesn't empower you later. It absolutely depletes any type of credibility that you have in that relationship. So I'll give an example of that is that a good a good example of that is that let's say that a seller calls me 24 hours, 48 hours after the property goes live. They've looked at it. You've sent them a copy. Hey, have a look. It's on Zillow or it's on realtor.com and blah, 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 blah. They come back to you and like, no, I don't want that as the main photo. I want another one. Now, it's a silly little request and, and you may think that this is just a power trip from me, but it's absolutely not. It's setting the tone of the relationship. You teach people how to treat you. My response, unless it was a legitimate mistake, like unless I'd spelt a word wrong in the description or things like that, I'd say, hey, look, I, I really respect your opinion. However, please can you trust, as we discussed in the 24-hour meeting, trust that I'm doing everything in the best interest of getting your home sold. I'm not doing anything to sabotage you getting the best result. I really want to keep it at this part because I think that that shows a particular way that the property looks, a particular whatever. You've got to have a reason. Um, so is it okay if we just leave it for there for a few days? If it doesn't, if we don't get the results we're looking for, then we'll come back and we'll change it. Well, no, I want it changed. Hey, look, this at this point of the relationship, I'd really like you to trust me that what I'm doing is in the best interest of you. Guys, at this point, this is where the relationship is refined. Their first request, I typically denied just to make sure that they respected my opinion and the way that I do business because they have employed me to sell their home. So let's go to the next point in the 24-hour meeting. Remember, this meeting okay, is 24 hours after they've said yes. The listing paperwork has just been signed or you've just got the information to go back to the office and do the DocuSign, okay? The next part is that you've done the campaign calendar and then this is the tail end of that 24-hour meeting where you are setting the tone and you ultimately are talking about everything that possibly can turn up, good, bad, or indifferent, setting that expectation from the beginning. So next part, okay? Um, so John and Mary, um. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page with this one quote and this one philosophy that I run my business with is that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Do you guys believe that? Oh yeah, absolutely, Ben. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, just to be clear, folks, breaking out of dialogue for a second, I've never had someone say no. And if they do, it's a red flag in a big, 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 big way. Okay, great. So I just want to be clear though, like, again, if something isn't working throughout this process, we're not getting the interest that we need, you know, maybe we're getting some interest, some, some feedback, but that's not favorable. You know, at the end of the day, we need to change something and we need to talk about it. And you're open to me bringing it to you and talking about it at all points. Oh yeah, absolutely. Great. Excellent. Keep in mind folks that this is the honeymoon period. Okay. Next point, John and Mary, um, low feedback and offers. Now, I think it's important for me to discuss this with you because at the end of the day, you know, there are going to be people out there that want to try and steal your property. They're probably going to put low feedback and low offers in. And again, I don't want you to be offended by those low feedback and by that low feedback in those offers. But the one thing that I do want to make sure that we have an agreement and the point of me bringing this up is that there's one offer, there's two offers, there's a little bit of feedback here and there. But if there is consistently low offers at a certain number or there is consistent feedback about your property at a particular price point or a particular thing, we need to talk about it. Because the consistency of that means that it's going to be an issue moving forward. And I don't want to bury our head in the sand. 
So do I have your permission to talk about it if there is consistency in that low feedback and those offers? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, guys, this might provoke a little bit more emotion out of them. This might provoke a deeper conversation about expectations. All of it is good and all of it needs to happen right now. The wrong time for any of these conversations to happen is at the time of the offer, at the time of the outcome. Wrong time. Next point, John and Mary, I know that we've chosen the auction method to sell things, which I'm absolutely thrilled about and I have a deep amount of confidence. Um, And I wanted to make sure that there was this term that after auction doesn't exist. So what I'm trying to say is that we'd prefer to sell it before or on the day of auction because ultimately I know that we spoke about the three stages of auction we've got before, on the day, and also after that we can leverage as well. But the most amount of leverage that we have is before or on the auction day itself. And I just wanted to be clear, that's when you guys want to sell this property before or on the day, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the main objective, Ben. That's what you told us about. Great. Excellent. I just wanted to be clear on that. Great. So guys, why am I bringing this up with the sellers at this point is that and, I, and this is obviously if you're using a non-distressed auction platform, but I really do believe that I think you should set a timeline on, hey, this is the goal to have it sold by this date, correct? This is the goal to have it closed by this date, correct? Yes. So that timeline conversation is important. So you're, you're, you agree with me that if we don't sell it within the first two weeks, we need to readdress our strategy because we're losing leverage if it's a traditional listing. That's what I'd be discussing, the time frame. Time frame could be this topic. But if it's an auction, guys, and for those using auction, you'll understand this. You sell them on the fact that it's a three-phase process, but really you have the most amount of leverage before or on the day. So confirming that there is no after, like I believe that if you speak about after the auction process, you basically are pumping up a life raft for them and letting them escape what the actual marketplace is saying about their property. Because there's those stages of denial that you've got that people go through is that ultimately they start blaming the external forces and then they look internal, but it takes a very, very long time to get them to start looking internal. And at that point, it could be post-auction, they've already said no to a wonderful offer, and ultimately then you're left dealing with the crap, for lack of better terminology, in the market. And that's your fault for not being able to frame that at the very beginning of this. So again, before or on the day of auction is when we're going to have the most amount of leverage in order to negotiate the best price for your for your property, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. Can we agree that's when we want to sell this? After auction, while it's still an option, we don't want to go there if we don't have to. Very important to not allow them to escape. Now, the final po- point that I want to take you through, guys, is this final point may or may not make sense. It may make sense to you if you're in Australia or New Zealand listening in, but in North America, it's it's a point that that doesn't make as much sense um, in the first degree, but I want to take you through this. And it's probably the most awkward point that you're going to have in the 24-hour meeting, but I think it's a really important conversation. It's about financial situation, okay? So to give you an understanding, okay, breaking into role play, Mr. Masella, the final point in here, it's a bit of an awkward question for me to ask, but I think it's really, really important for us to have this conversation now so that therefore we can get very, very clear on your financial expectations. I know how much you want for the property, but I want to understand your financial situation a little bit more. You may think it's not my business, but hiding things from a financial perspective can really affect the outcome at the time of our negotiation if we can't move swiftly with the decisions that we're making. So, at the end of the day, I know that you want $500,000 for your property, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, or John and Mary. But not would you take four hundred? dollars And what I mean by that is that I know you wouldn't. I don't want you to take four hundred, dollars and I'll never sell another home in Laguna Niguel ever again if you do take four hundred, dollars because it would make me look tremendously bad. 
I know you don't want to sell it for that, and you nor should you, but could you? So what I mean by that is that could you accept 400? Are there any financial limitations, mortgages, anything like that at play? So guys, I want to break out a role play and I want to talk about this. In Australia um, and New Zealand, obviously, there's not as much transparency on how much people owe or what liens are on the property and things along those lines. In North America, I understand you can look it up right now. You could find out how much I owe on my property and you can see what's there. But it's not so much that that gets in the way of negotiations. Keep in mind, guys, and I'm I'm not saying this to impress you, but more to impress on you, is that I ne- I've negotiated thousands and thousands of deals in North America. So at the end of the day, I understand at the time, if these conversations haven't happened up front, what the likely outcome could be. So for example, is that people might have different financial goals that aren't attached to the mortgage. So the mortgage on this property, they want 500. It might only be 350. However, there's a credit card, there's negative equity in their loans for cars, there's a jet ski, there's a wedding that needs to be paid off. But the one big one that I've found, depending on price point and age of the market, student loans, medical debt, there's a great deal of third-party things that aren't attached to the house or the title that are overly transparent. And the wrong time to find out that they've got a $100,000 student loan they were hoping to pay off with the sale of this property is at the time you've got that perfect outcome or that perfect buyer or that negotiation situation. Time kills all deals and that decision-making and getting your sellers at that point where they're not countering or verbally countering or doing these silly things at the time that are just blowing buyers out of the water has to happen up front. So again, I want to reiterate this point. Mr. and Mrs. Seller or John and Mary, this is one of the most awkward conversations that I'll have throughout our entire existence together, and it's about your financial situation. At the end of the day, I think it's really important that we shed a little bit of light to make sure that we understand your financial goals out of the transaction of this property, because the wrong time to find those out would be at the time that we are negotiating. You may think it's none of my business, but really it does empower me to know where you stand so that I can defend your expectations as much as possible. I know you want $500,000 for your property. And nor and you won't take four hundred. I know that, and I don't want you to take four hundred because if you did take four hundred, I'd never sell another home in the area ever again. You know, the neighbors would be running down the street trying to kill me. But could you, if four hundred turned up, could you take it? Are there any financial limitations or goals that are in place at the moment that I should be aware of, apart from you just wanting to make sure you get the most? This is where, again, you can make mention of things, guys, credit cards, student loans, anything that I should be aware of that are outside of the mortgage. It's really important at this point that then if they come back to you and they they ultimately have some a, a really bad situation, then you can help them at that point, maybe financial um, a plan or something along those lines. The reason that we, the reason that I, this is such an important point to me to give you some context that when doing real estate in Australia, we would have to have this conversation upfront in the 24 hour meeting because after they'd said yes, ultimately we had to have the conversation because imagine if I went into a listing presentation and I said to them, hey, um, you know, how much do you own the property? You know, this much, great, okay, great. Are there any other things, whatever, in the listing presentation when I'm competing against other agents? It's just not the way that it works. Now, in Australia, things work a little bit differently as you can't undersell a property if it's not going to pay off the mortgage. There's a whole bunch of different stuff that happens, right? There's no such thing as short sales and different things along those lines. So where I'm going with this from a North American perspective is that you've got to make sure that you cast some light onto where their financial situation stands. Just like when we're flying blind in a sale in Australia or New Zealand, 
you know, you need to make sure that you find those details out up front because otherwise you're going to spend a couple of weeks, maybe longer, trying to put this deal together just to know that it was never, ever going to be able to come together anyway. It's a pure bad investment of your time. So going back in all of this, guys, just to reiterate, this is the 24-hour meeting. They've said yes. You then set it up to be there within 24 hours after they've said yes. You've done the listing paperwork. You've done the calendar of sale, putting everything together. The calendar of sale will be another podcast episode we go through. But then you've gone through and you've set expectations. Essentially, you're doing an onboarding of your sellers. They know everything that possibly could happen, what's happening, all of those different things. So those points, again, do I have your permission to tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear? Trust. Trust is something that needs to be earned, but I'm hoping that you can give it to me and you trust that me as a real estate professional is doing everything in your best interest to get your home sold. Can you give me that? Then you've got the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Do you agree with that? Low feedback and offers. Don't be offended by the low feedback and offers that we get. There may be some that just fall in, but if they are at a consistently low level and there is consistent feedback, do I have your permission to talk about it because it could become a problem? After auction doesn't exist. I know we spoke about on before, on the day and after, but can we agree that before and on the day are the ideal times to sell because that is the most amount of leverage? If it's a traditional listing, I'd go down the path of, hey, your goal is to have it closed by this date. Can we agree that if it's on the marketplace for 14 days and we haven't got the interest or offers that we need, then we need to look at adjusting something at that point because we start to lose credibility in the marketplace with your property. Then financial situation. I know this is an awkward situation. I know you want 500, but not would you take that? Sorry, I know you want 500, but if 400 turned up, not would you take it because I know you wouldn't, I wouldn't allow you to, but could you? Are there any financial limitations that I should be aware of outside of the mortgage, okay? Or any other financial goals that I should be aware of out of this transaction because it's a wrong time for me to find out in the moment when we're negotiating with somebody. So guys, that is a 24-hour meeting. Hopefully that helps to set the expectations of your clients. I really do believe it's the onboarding process which fundamentally helps them understand what possibly could come up, the good, the bad, and the indifferent. It allows you to reference it later. Nothing becomes a surprise and it starts the relationship off on the right foot. Thanks for joining us. So about 75% of our audience hasn't liked, followed, or subscribed to our podcast. It would mean the world to us, and it would help this podcast more than you know to expand our reach if you were to like, follow, or subscribe on any of the platforms that you're watching or listening on. Thanks again.